We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Waiver Wire Rider podcast on Rotoviz Radio. I am your host, Zachary Kruger, and today we're going to take a look at players who you should consider adding for your week five matchups as we head into another, yet another week of the fantasy football season. These suggestions are going to be made off of PPR scoring, so if you're listening to our show today, be sure to adjust accordingly if you're playing in a different format. And as always, you can reach out to me with any questions you may have on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Over the course of the week, I'll do my best to respond to as many tweets or DMs as I can to help you out with your fantasy football rosters. Now let's go ahead and get into the show. The first position that we're going to look at is quarterback. And the first quarterback we're going to look at is San Francisco 49ers quarterback Trey Lance, who is coming off a 28-21 to loss to the Seattle Seahawks. It is a game in which Lance completed 9 of 18 passes for 157 yards and 2 touchdowns. Lance also had 7 carries for 41 yards and no touchdowns as well. He finished with 20.38 PPR, which is good for the quarterback 14 overall on the week. And now Lance could be heading into his first career start of the season against the Arizona Cardinals if Jimmy Garoppolo, who missed the second half of last Sunday's game, is not able to return in time from the calf injury that he suffered, which kept him out of the second half of Sunday's loss to the Seahawks. Uh, Lance was not stellar on the day. He was good enough to to get things done and turn in a decent fantasy week. Not that I think anyone started him, uh, but if you had him in best ball, I'm sure that he uh, landed in a couple of your lineups that way. But Lance is currently only roster in 31% of fantasy leagues. These numbers are taken from Yahoo. So if you play in a different league, um, those numbers may look a little bit differently, but I'm sure that they're all similar um, to Yahoo's 
uh, roster percentages. But nevertheless, roster in about 31% of leagues. He has a chance to start in week five against the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are the only undefeated team left in the league. And this is a game that could be poised for a ton of fantasy points on both sides of the ball. Cardinals have a dynamic offense. We know that Lance himself is a dynamic player. He had over 20 fantasy points in just a half of football. That's kind of, I think, what we would assume to be Lance's floor on any given week uh, when he actually starts a game. So to see him get 20 points and a half is really encouraging uh, heading into week five if he is, in fact, the starter for the 49ers against the Cardinals. Now, most of Lance's passing yards came on one play to Deep Samuel, which is a 76-yard touchdown. But nevertheless, Lance still had a very solid day. And if he gets a week to prepare as a starter, I think that things could be better for him. So if you're in a one quarterback league and you are in one of those leagues where Lance is still available, go out and bid on him. You may not have a good quarterback, which is why you're looking for a free agent quarterback in the first place. I think Lance has a chance to kind of be that league winner quarterback that we saw of Lamar Jackson in uh, 2019 during his MVP season. That's not to say that I think Lance is going to be an MVP. That's not to say that I think Lance is going to be like Lamar Jackson, but I think that he does have the potential to be a quarterback whose rushing volume and overall performance performance on a team that has a decent amount of offensive weapons could be a league winning type of quarterback performance throughout the remainder of the season if Kyle Shanahan actually opts to go with him as long as he is healthy so for one quarterback league I'm probably looking at a fab budget somewhere between 15 to 20 percent depending on uh, how bad of a situation you're in or just how much you want to go out and get Lance maybe you have a bad quarterback maybe you're 0 and 4 maybe you're just trying to do something to save your season you get a little bit more aggressive but I would say about 15 to 20 percent bid in one quarterback leagues is what I'd be looking to do with Lance if I was in a super flex league and he was miraculously available, I'd probably be doing at least a 50% bid on Lance. If your quarterback situation is not that great and he's available, I would go out and get him. He has a very good chance to, I think, be a top 12 fantasy quarterback if he is, in fact, going to be the starter for the rest of the way for the 49ers. The next quarterback who we're going to look at is Carolina Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold. He's currently rostered 38% of leagues. He is coming off a 36 to 28 loss to the Dallas Cowboys, which marks the Panthers' first loss of the season. But Darnold, was once again solid in this game just as he was last week against the Houston Texans. He completed 26 of 39 passes for 301 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. He also rushed six times for 35 yards and two touchdowns, finishing with 33.54 PPR points. That was the overall quarterback one on the week. We touched on Darnold last week and his win over the Houston Texans. I know this may sound a little bit like a bit of a broken record, but I still don't think Darnold is rostered enough in leagues. He's only rostered 38% of the leagues, and I think that he has a chance to be solid over the next couple of weeks given how he has looked out the gates he's now coming off of three straight 300 yard passing games which is just i mean tremendous you know that that's a lot of passing yards uh he rushed for two touchdowns in back-to-back weeks he now has five rows touchdowns on the season uh and Darnold is also averaging five carries per game which i think is a decent enough floor for a quarterback like Darnold, who is showing a little bit of rushing upside uh to his game i think that his overall touchdowns are going to peter off a bit i don't think that he's going to be someone who's going to be finishing with anything crazy like uh 12 rushing touchdowns i think 10 could be within the range of outcomes i think it's probably the higher end of the range of outcomes but given that we're four weeks into the season he has five rushing touchdowns why can't Darnold get five more rushing touchdowns over the next what 13 games of the season season very well be possible and i think darnold is now a player who we should consider starting every week as a weekly starter depending on our quarterback situations just based on how he has started also based on who he is facing over the next couple of weeks over the next four weeks darnold gets the eagles the vikings the giants and the falcons this first two 
games against the Eagles and Vikings are both home games. And then those last two games against the Giants and Falcons are road games. But these are all defenses who I think Darren could perform well against. None of these teams are overly impressive. You're probably not looking at any playoff contenders out of these four teams right now. I think Darwin has a real chance to be a fantasy viable quarterback for the next several weeks of the season. If you're, again, desperate for quarterback, go out and get him now. Probably going to have to spend a little bit more on him after that quarterback one performance. Last week, I recommended about a 5% fab bid on Darnold. This week, I'm bumping it up to 10. I think he's a quarterback you get on your roster. I think he's someone who you start until he flames out unless you really have much better options to start over him. But I, I, I like what I'm seeing out of Sam Darnold early on. He's had a very solid start to his Carolina Panthers career. I would expect that to continue in the coming weeks, and I would expect him to continue to be in the quarterback one conversation with top 12 weeks over the next four weeks. Next, we are going to get into the running back position, and the first running back we're going to talk about is New York Jets running back Michael Carter, who is currently rostered in 51% of leagues as he and the Jets are coming off a 27-24 to win in overtime against the Tennessee Titans. This past week, Carter rushed 13 times for 38 yards and had one touchdown. He also had two catches. He also had two targets for one reception for negative four yards and no touchdowns, finishing with 10.4 fantasy points, which is good for the running back 33 overall on the week. It wasn't a great week for Carter, uh, but his performance is one of those ones where you look at it and decide that now is the time to go out and get him before he has a big game and sees his value double or triple compared to what you could likely get him for this week. He had only 13 carries for 38 yards and one touchdown, but Carter did lead the Jets' backfield and carries and overall opportunities. He had 15 opportunities overall, and now Carter leads the Jets in, in rushing altogether over the course of the season. He has 37 carries for 127 yards and one touchdown. He gets a very generous matchup in week five against the Atlanta Falcons, and then the Jets will head on to a bye in week six. So I think Carter's interesting. I don't think that any of the other running backs on that roster right now are running backs who will threaten him over the long haul for touches as long as he is healthy. Neither Tevin Coleman nor Ty Johnson have been overly impressive. I think Michael Carter leading the team in touches this past week is a good sign for him moving forward. I would go ahead and look to get him. Even though this offense isn't tremendous, sometimes Sometimes we know that that volume alone can be enough to generate fantasy points. Michael Carter had over 10 fantasy points this past week. He was an RB3. I think that over the course of the next couple of weeks, he will continue to see a bigger workload. If he continues to produce with that, I think that we could start talking about him as a potential top 24 running back in any given week who will occasionally sprinkle in a top 12 running back performance. So go out and get Michael Carter. I think you need about 10 to 12% fab in order to get him just based on what we saw this past week between fantasy points and his overall real life volume but i think that he's a player who if you're looking to boost your running back position a little bit i think that michael carter could be a very solid play going forward as he just kind of outperforms the rest of that running back backfield um in new york so michael carter new york jets running back 10 to 12 percent fab bid on him get him before week five when his team faces the atlanta falcons the next running back we're going to look at is atlanta falcons running back wayne gallman gallman and the falcons are coming off a 34 to 30 loss to the washington football team in a game where gallman had had six carries for 29 yards and no touchdowns. He also saw one target. He finished with 2.9 PPR and was the overall running back 60. Uh, don't look now, uh, but Mike Davis has not been great for the Falcons. He has 49 carries for 151 yards on the season and no touchdowns. He has also has 16 catches for 80 yards and a touchdown down but quite frankly he is not living up to the expectations that people had when they were drafting him in about the seventh or eighth round of fantasy drafts after he signed with the falcons this offseason davis is averaging only 11.3 ppr per game and is currently being out 
shined by Cordell Patterson, who's just gotten off to an amazing start for the Falcons. I don't think any of us really saw this coming, but it's been fun to watch. Patterson is outperforming Mike Davis, and now I'm wondering if Wayne Gallman won't be the next to do so in the coming weeks. One interesting tweet that I saw came from John Daigle of NBC Sports Edge. He made a great point over the weekend that Mike Davis's backfield touch rate has dropped off tremendously since week one, where he saw 66.6% touch rate, which has now fallen to 46.8% over this past week against the Washington football team. And as Daigle also pointed out, this is the first game where Wayne Gallman was activated. And not only was Gallman activated, but he actually saw touches. He had six carries for 29 yards, which is only 2.9 PPR. But given the slow start that Mike Davis has had to this season, it's not hard to imagine a scenario where the Falcons will continue to feed Patterson just because of how great he's been to start, but then also find ways to work Gallman in and perhaps face Mike Davis out just because maybe Mike Davis is a little bit too old to be doing this right now. He's slowing down and it's time to give the ball over to younger players who have been producing at a higher level. So I don't think Wayne Gallman is the most attractive ad at any point in time during a fantasy football season, but I don't think that Mike Davis is someone I want on my team right now either. And I think Mike Wayne Gallman and I think Wayne Gallman may be the next player to start taking touches from Mike Davis, as we've already seen Cordell Patterson continue to do. Uh, I'd be I would be bidding three percent on Wayne Gallman to get him. You can probably truthfully bid less than that. But if I was going to max out what I think is a reasonable bid for him right now, just to ensure I got him, I'd be doing about three percent bid on Gallman just to make sure I get him before he spikes up at one point in time during the season. And now we're spending more to get him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
Next position we're going to look at is wide receiver. And the first wide receiver we are going to look at is Kadarius Toney of the New York Giants. He is currently rostered in 3% of leagues. And like the New York Jets, the Giants are also coming off their first win of the season when they defeated the New Orleans Saints 27-21 on Sunday. Kadarius Toney had nine targets on the day for and turned those into six catches for 78 yards and no touchdowns. He finished with 13.9 PPR, which is good for the wide receiver 30 overall. And now we have seen a Kadarius Toney game, and it looked pretty good. The Giants were without Sterling Shepard and Slayton this past week, which I think kind of opened the door for Tony to show off what made him a first-round pick earlier this offseason. But he looked great. He had a couple of plays where he looked particularly spry, dodging several tackles from Saints players and racking up fantasy points. Tony has 4.39 speed. He had an electric final season in Florida by three pedestrian seasons early on. He turned that into a first-round draft pick. And even though he didn't have the best offseason, he finally had a week where we could see what he could do. And what he could do was a lot of good things with the ball in his hand so i do question whether or not the giants are going to find ways to get tony the ball going forward again this was an opportunity for him in week four that was born out of injury from not one but actually two starting wide receivers that's what it took to get tony on the field this week but with how impressive he was i think that the giants would be wise to get tony involved a little bit more later on down the line so if you're looking to add a wide receiver right now i think tony is a guy who you should be going out and getting and banking on the giants perhaps being a little bit smarter with their personnel going forward and finding ways to get the ball in the hands of explosive playmakers like Tony. So I'd be dropping about a 10% fab on him right now. I think that that's a reasonable price for him. Still not an impressive offense overall. Still don't quite know what the Giants are going to do with him, but it's hard to imagine them wanting to take the ball out of his hand, even if Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are both healthy. If I were the Giants, I would be finding ways to utilize Tony a little bit more over the course of the season, get him more involved. They spent a first round draft capital on him. Week four was a very encouraging performance. So uh, first wide receiver, New York Giants wide receiver Kadarius Tony about 10% fab bit on him. The next wide receiver we're going to look at is New York Jets wide receiver Jamison Crowder, who is currently rostered in just 20% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, again, the Jets are coming off a 27-24 to overtime win against the Tennessee Titans. Crowder in this game saw nine targets for seven catches, 61 yards, and one touchdown. He had 19.1 PPR on the week. That was good for a little wide receiver 15 overall. And it's kind of crazy to look at Crowder's numbers right now and think that all of it, everyone in the fantasy community all but pretty much gave up on him. He missed the first three games of the season completely understandable that you'd be discouraged by that but to see that he's only rostered in 20 percent of leagues right now seems just a bit absurd again this past week seven catches 61 yards and one touchdown on a team high nine targets giving up on Crowder never made a lot of sense if you look at how they were using their slot wide receivers over the first three weeks of the season probably should have seen this coming from Crowder Braxton Berrios over the course of the three weeks was a slot receiver in Crowder's absence he was tied for second on the team in targets with 18 he had 14 catches for 151 yards and now Crowder appears to be back and right away we get a vintage performance out of him i would expect more good games from crowder going forward as long as he is healthy wilson has been targeting the slot so much already this season that i think that that will just continue i think that crowder is one of the best slot receivers in the league so i would go out and get crowder right now i think he has a very solid floor that will turn in weekly wide receiver three weeks with some occasional top 24 weeks and then of course he'll sprinkle in those top 12 weeks as well last season crowder had four wide receiver one finishes and five top 24 performances overall he's already got a top 24 performance under his belt in his first game back go out and get him i'd be dropping a 15 percent of fab on jamison crowder if you're playing in a deeper league where you're starting three to four wide receivers I think that Crowder is a wide receiver you're easily throwing in your lineup most weeks. So go out and get Jamison Crowder, wide receiver, New York Jets, 15% fab. I mean, he's a target hog for the, that team.
Next, we are going to look at tight end. And the first end we are going to take a look at is Dallas Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz, who is currently rostered in 33% of leagues. He and the Cowboys are coming off a 36-28 win against the Carolina Panthers. It is a game in which Schultz had eight targets, which he turned into six receptions for 58 yards and one touchdown. That was good enough for 17.8 PPR, which was the tight end five overall on the week. And really when it comes out of Dalton Schultz, I think that his ADP all offseason was one of the more puzzling ones to me. You could literally get him in the last round of almost any draft whether it be best ball or redraft um he wasn't someone who a lot of people seem to be believing in but were much more confident in Blake Jarwin and even though last season Schultz had 63 catches for 615 yards and four touchdowns um I understand that Jarwin was returning from injury I understand that people were high on Jarwin heading into the 2020 season before he got injured on seemingly I it may have been the first play of the game but if not the first play it was close to it Jarwin got injured very early on missed all of 2020 but Schultz came in and had a good season and I, I think it's interesting that more fantasy drafters thought that Jarwin was actually going to be the guy who was just going to come and take away uh, Schultz's role from him simply because maybe he had the higher projected ceiling heading into 2020 that now the Cowboys were going to ignore what Schultz did last season in favor of giving Jarwin his job back. I realized anything was possible, but that just has not been the case so far. Through the first four games of the season, Schultz leads Jarwin in targets, receptions, yards, and also has two touchdowns to Jarwin zero. And if you're taking a look at snaps, Schultz has outsnapped Jarwin 202 to 52. He is a tight end who is in an explosive offense. Dallas has tremendous talent on all offensive facets of the ball between CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, even Tony Pollard. These are all usable weapons who I think draw individual attention when they are on the field, which I think also makes life easier for whatever Dallas Cowboys tight end is on the field, which has been Schultz more often than it has been Jarwin. And it has been Schultz who's been getting targeted more often than Jarwin as well. So I'm looking to bid around 12% on Schultz if he's available in my league and I need a tight end I realize that that is a little bit aggressive compared to what we might normally bid on free agent tight ends but I think Schultz could possibly be worth it I think that he has a chance to maybe be a top five tight end if this volume continues if he continues to find the end zone and I, I just he's a guy who I want to roster if I'm not loving my tight end position right now because we know that elite tight ends can be very good for your fantasy team and boosting their overall upside again I know it's an aggressive bid 12% does feel like a lot and it probably is and it may not pay off but I believe in Schultz I believe in this Cowboys offense I believe that having a good tight end is worth the edge to pay up to get and I think that there's a chance Dalton Schultz could be that later on down the line and if I'm really desperate for a tight end I'll spend a little bit more aggressively to get him in hopes that he is a top tight end by the end of this fantasy football season. The next tight end that we are going to look at is Philadelphia Eagles tight end Zach Ertz, who is currently rostered in 26% of fantasy leagues. Ertz and the Eagles are coming off a 42-30 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. In that game, Ertz had eight targets, which he turned into six catches for 60 yards and no touchdowns. He had 12 fantasy points on the day, which was good for the tight end 12 overall. What I think is interesting about this game is the fact that now Ertz has out-targeted Goddard for two consecutive weeks. I think that Goddard is the tight end who is capable of pulling off the bigger plays downfield. I think he's a more explosive player. But now that we've seen this target trend over these last couple of weeks, I think that both of these tight ends are starting to make a case for being usable fantasy assets for us. Uh, Ertz was the overall tight end 12 that we said last week against the Chiefs with 12 fantasy points. And the week before that, in week three, Ertz was the overall tight end seven with 15.3 PPR. He outscored Goddard in that game. He had a touchdown, which certainly helped him out. But I think that 
nevertheless, both of these players are going to be players who Jalen Hurts will be targeting throughout the season. They are on the field. Now, Goddard has been on the field more than Hurts from a pure snaps perspective and from also a passing down perspective, but the snaps from passing down perspectives are much closer than you may initially think. Goddard has been on the field for 113 passing down to Ertz is 103. So it's been a rather close competition between Goddard and Ertz in terms of getting on the field for passing down work. I think that overall, Ertz and Goddard are going to have those weeks, probably every week, where they're going to cannibalize one another for fantasy points. But I think that if you are looking for a tight end to play, Ertz is probably better than some of the other players who are going to be out there on waiver wire for any given week. I think that Ertz is going to have these kind of weeks where he's going to see five, six, seven targets a game. I think he's going to have these weeks where he is going to see more targets per game than Goddard. I think he's going to have these weeks where he has more fantasy points than Goddard. I don't think that Ertz is a bad player to have on your roster at this point in time if you are looking for a tight end. And even though Goddard is going to be in the way as long as he is healthy, I think sometimes Ertz will also be in the way of Goddard when Ertz is healthy. And if you're looking to start a tight end and find some kind of weird consistency, maybe that weird consistency comes in the form of Zach Ertz where you're starting him every week. And if every other week he's giving you a double-digit tight end, fantasy performance and that's probably enough to get him in the top 12 for the week and that's probably better than what you may have otherwise likely had if you were just kind of spot starting different guys at random each week hoping that someone hits so i do like zach Ertz. i think that he's a decent looking tight end option going forward based on the recent trends Ertz and the eagles get the carolina panthers in week five i'd be spending about seven percent of fab on Ertz just because i do think that he has a potential to be again a, a decent producer for fantasy purposes going forward even if it's not every week if it's every Every other week, that's probably still going to be enough to leave us satisfied at the position because we know the tight end position is relatively gross. We're now going to get into our super sleepers for the week. I have two for you here. The first one is Chicago Bears running back Khalil Herbert, who is currently rostered in 0% of fantasy leagues. Last week, Herbert had three carries for seven yards and no touchdowns. He did not see a target. He finished with 0.7 PPR points. Not a lot to say about Herbert and his performance against the Detroit Lions, but I think there is something to be said about Damian Williams, who is likely to be starter over the next several weeks as David Montgomery was recently declared out for the next four to eight weeks with a knee injury that he suffered in Sunday's win over Detroit. I, I think Williams is the immediate fill-in for Montgomery. I think Williams could possibly be good. I don't necessarily think that Williams is going to be a bad player. If you wanted to go out and get Damian Williams, I'd probably be recommending about 15% fab on him. That could certainly fluctuate based on your team's individual needs. But for me, I'm not trying to bid a ton on Williams, mainly because I don't like how this schedule is shaping up over the next couple of weeks. Over the next four weeks, the Bears get the Raiders, the Packers, the Bucks, and the 49ers. We know that all those teams have been very solid so far this season. We also know that the Bears have not been solid this season. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Neither quarterback has looked particularly good. And the, this team has two wins on the season, with one of those wins being a narrow win over the Cincinnati Bengals, and then the other one being a win over the Detroit Lions. And let's be real, everybody will probably beat the Lions this year. Um, if I wanted a running back on this offense, I would prefer to actually bid um, on Khalil Herbert. He's a rookie running back coming out of Virginia Tech in his final season. He had over 1,100 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. He also had 10 catches for 179 yards and a touchdown in 2020 at Virginia Tech. He boasts a 4.46 40-yard dash time. He also has ideal size at 5'8 and 210 pounds. 
Williams is kind of one of those players who I'm just willing to be wrong on. There's players I think who arrive every season who I'm willing to be wrong on, and I'm just going to tell myself I'm not going to bid the absurd amount on him because I think there's a chance that he could be bad. And if he is bad, I'd rather someone else win out on that bad player than me having a a win on this guy on a high bid and it ended up hurting my my overall fab budget for the rest of the season by having this player who I now also feel forced to start because of what I bid on him. If it doesn't work out that way, it's kind of a, a double whammy. Now you've got the fab hit and you got the roster hit because you're you're throwing this guy in here and clogging up your roster for someone who um, for someone else who may have been able to do better. So I'm just not I'm just not high on Damian Williams. I, I may, maybe I'll be wrong on that. We'll see. Herbert feels like a, a better gamble. I think you can get him for literally nothing. There may be a couple woke few out there who are going to drop small bids on him in order to get him. If you want to counter those folks, maybe do a one to two percent fab just to make sure that you probably do get him. But Herbert did nothing over the course of this past week. He's done nothing for the entire season. So I think a lot of people are going to be bidding on Damian Williams. I think there's going to be some high bids on Damian Williams. He may be the highest bid on player. This this waiver wire period, not named Trey Lance. But for me, I'm I'm out on Damian Williams. I'd, I'd rather go with the cheaper option and an offense that I'm not particularly impressed with and hope that he somehow gives me some viable fantasy weeks for the next four to eight weeks so khalil herbert chicago bears running back one to two percent max bid if you need to do it you could probably get him for nothing the next super sleeper we're going to look at is tennessee titans running back jeremy mcnichols who is currently rostered in two percent of leagues his team is coming off a 27 to 24 overtime loss to the new york jets who we talked about earlier in that game mcnichols had one carry for 11 yards what he really saw was a plethora of targets. He had 12 on the day. He finished with eight catches for 74 yards. He had 16 and a half PPR, which is good for the running back 18 overall on the week. Earlier this offseason, I was all in on Darrington Evans. He's one of my most rostered players in best ball leagues. Someone who I was adding late as a potential handcuff to Derrick Henry. Unfortunately, Evans has been out for the first four weeks of the season with a knee injury. I have, I have not heard much on his timetable for a return. But Jerry McNichols has actually been doing everything that I envisioned Darrington Evans to do, which is somewhat discouraging because that may mean that we don't get to see Darrington Evans 2021 or at least not much of him but it's also encouraging because i kind of envisioned mcnichols or i kind of envisioned evans as having this pass catching role for the titans and now we're starting to see mcnichols as perhaps having that uh, mcnichols currently ranks sixth among running backs and receptions with 15 this is in part again boosted by the fact that he had 12 targets and eight catches in week four against the jets um, and it also came in a game where julio jones and aj brown was out but nevertheless i'm interested in what mcnichols could offer to fantasy rosters as a backup behind their Henry even if Evans does return I think that McNichols may have performed well enough over these last couple weeks to keep that RB2 role and perhaps even a pass catching role in the offense which has been targeting running backs a pretty fair amount early on Um, surprisingly even Derrick Henry has benefited in the receiving game so far he has 15 targets on the season which he's turned into 14 catches for 125 yards McNichols again six in the league so far uh, 16 receptions on the season i'm sorry 15 on the season for mcnichols i think that he's a player who could be used more down the stretch if he continues to do well where even if darrington evans does return the job may be mcnichols to lose until he somehow proves that he's no longer worthy of the position so mcnichols i think is a classic case of a, a upside ppr back maybe similar to jt mckissick later on down the line as the season progresses we'll have to wait and see on that but I'd be bidding about 4 to 5% fab on McNichols to get him, add him to your bench, see what he looks like in a couple of weeks, whether you know Henry's healthy or not. Hopefully Derrick Henry you know, is still going to be healthy. But 
even if he is, I think that there's a chance that McNichols could continue to have a role, particularly in games where the Titans are without either one or both of their wide receivers. We know that Julio Jones certainly doesn't have the cleanest bill of health over the course of his career. And A.J. Brown has dealt with injuries throughout his career as well, despite the fact that he has not missed several games. Um, so Jeremy McNichols, last super sleeper for the week at a 4% fab. If you're a new listener and want to learn about all the amazing tools and articles over at Rotoviz, be sure to head on over to rotaviz.com and subscribe to the website. New subscribers can save 10% at checkout by using promo code RVRADIO2021. And that is going to do it for today's Waiver Wire Rider podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Rotoviz Radio wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review. That always helps us out. Once again, my name is Zachary Kruger. You can find me on Twitter at ZK FFB. Thank you for tuning into today's show. And until next time, I wish you good luck and a good day.